Well, good morning, church family and friends. It is so good to be together with you this morning. And I almost want to say uh, with you in quotes, because uh, I know we would much rather be physically together worshiping the Lord. But it just kind of reminds me of a passage uh, before we get started in God's Word this morning. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 17 through 20, where the Apostle Paul said, But we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short while in person, not in spirit, were all the more eager with great desire to see your face. For we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, more than once, and yet Satan hindered us. For who is our hope, our joy, our crown, our exaltation? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus that is coming? For you are our glory and joy. What a great passage. Just to remind us that we would much rather be together, but for the time being, thank the Lord that we can be here together like this. And I do want to remind you as we get started now, so you guys know I like my amen. So you guys, if we, when we do get back together, you're going to be in big time trouble if I don't see some amens in that comment section. So be sure to help me out with that. We've been doing a series, as many of you know, uh, if you've been coming for a little while, called Turning Problems into Purpose. Wow, what a timely series that the Lord put us in right in the middle of this time in our country, in our world, and I hope that's been encouraging to you. But today, this weekend, I really felt strongly that the Lord wanted me to share this message with you out of Matthew chapter 24. So if you have a copy of God's Word there together with you, turn to Matthew chapter 24. That's what we're going to be studying together this weekend. What is happening? What on earth is going on right now? That's a question that we often ask when a lot is happening. Or maybe when a lot of things that are unusual are happening. And I'm sure this is a question that many of us over the last week or two, have been asking, what on earth? What's going on? What is happening? Well, we don't exactly know, right? We don't exactly know. I mean, in terms of the immediate future, we, we have this virus in our country and around the world, and it looks like probably over the next week or so, those cases are going to go up. They're going to increase. And I just want to remind you that, that that's what we've been told. So it's no surprise that if you think about it, we found out a few weeks ago that, that this virus had come to our country. And so it took a couple of weeks for the people who first had it to begin to display that. Then there were some people with them who had it. And so it's going to take a couple more weeks maybe for those to show that they have it. Then maybe a couple of weeks for that second group to recover. And so we don't know for sure, but we're looking at maybe four to six weeks that maybe if we listen to our leaders and if we just sort of don't congregate as much, that maybe it can begin to slow down and go away. We don't know for sure. We don't know exactly what the next few weeks and months will look like. But what I want us to do this morning as we come before God's Word together as a church family is I want us to go much bigger picture than that. Because I think that in a moment like this, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of uncertainty. And I don't know if we have really had an opportunity to really think about that, to really consciously express that, but it's probably just below the surface. And probably as we kind of continue through this time, those questions are going to be expressed. What is going on? What is happening in our world? And, and ultimately, will we, will, be, will we be okay? And even maybe some people will wonder, is this the 
even the end of the world? So we're going to turn to a passage today in Matthew chapter 24, and that's what we're going to talk about. What is happening? The reason we're looking at Matthew 24 is because in that passage, the Lord Jesus talks about all of these things. He talks about some really hard things happening. And he talks about some really hard things happening more and more, lots of them happening in our world. And he even talks about the end of the world. And he helps us to have perspective on what we're experiencing now as a country. As we read these verses, we'll see that it's God's intention that we not be in the dark. It's God's intention that we know that we have an understanding of what is going on in our world, even when things around us might seem to be going out of control. And here's the first thing I want you to know from Matthew chapter 24 today. The Bible tells us, if you're taking notes, the Bible tells us, write this down, God told us these things would happen. Did you know that? Did you know that the Bible predicted, the Bible foretold that these kinds of things would happen in the world in which we live? God told us these things would happen. I want us to look at Matthew chapter 24, verses um, um, 3 through 8 together this weekend. And so let's read those verses together. It says, As he, Jesus, was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, listen, listen to the statement. See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. Here again, see that you are not frightened. For those things must take place But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginnings of birth pangs. One of the great blessings of being a part of a healthy, growing church family is that we see, I've just seen it in almost every church I've ever been a part of, we see babies being born. In fact, just this past week, in the middle of all this madness that we've been going through in our world, we had a baby that was born in our church family. And whenever a baby is born, there are signs, aren't there? There are indicators, and I think I, think I can probably anticipate a lot of amens from some moms out there. Yes, when that baby's coming, there are indications. So while we never know for sure when a baby is coming, the doctor would say, that baby is on its way. You better listen. You better get ready because that baby is coming soon. As we read these verses in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus had just been in the temple and he and his disciples, they went across the way a little ways and they were up on the Mount of Olives. And Because of some of the things that Jesus had spoken to them, they began to ask Jesus about the end times. They began to ask Jesus about the end of the world, the end of history. And he tells them and he tells us some things that we can look for when that comes. He talks about false Christs. He talks about people claiming to be him, but they are not. By the way, the Bible says when Jesus comes, whether it's through the rapture for the church 
or whether it's at the end, at the second coming, friends, the Bible says you won't wonder. There will be no doubts. We don't have to wonder, is this Jesus? Is this not Jesus? He says, but there will be false Christs who are claiming that they're me. He says that there will be wars and there will be rumors of wars. There will be lots of talk about wars. There will be lots of fighting, lots of conflict that's going on in our world. And then Jesus says, there will be famines. And yes, we've always had famine in our world, but you get the impression that, that, that clearly Jesus is saying these kind of things are going to increase at the end. He says there will be earthquakes. Yes, we've always had upheavals on the earth. But you get the impression that the fallen creation, the world that is so broken, the earth, those problems are going to increase. Have you seen that Allstate commercial where they talk about that over the last 10 to 15 years, we have had 26 what they designate as 500-year storms. Think about that. What we would think of as a storm, once every 500 years, we have had 26 of those that have happened in the last decade to 15 years. Luke chapter 21, the parallel to Matthew 24 here, Jesus brings up disturbances. There will be commotions. There will be upheavals. There will be states of disorder. There will be periods of, dis, uh, of instability. Doesn't that sound like our world right now? In Luke 21, it also says there will be plagues or there will be pestilences. And we could literally say there will be pest events. In fact, I just saw recently a report from the month of February by the NPR that there, are, there were 200 billion locusts across East Africa. Some said swarms as, as large as three times the size of New York City. And scientists are saying if that continues, then that, that impact is going to be a great famine in that area. So all throughout God's Word, we get the clear teaching that yes... This world has a lot of problems, always. But at the end of history, right before Jesus comes back, these things are going to intensify. And they will be signs to say to us to get ready for His coming. To get ready for Jesus to return. And I know that, that maybe there's some cynical people out there. Like me, I'm, I'm a question asker. Maybe you're like me. Somebody will say, well... Well, these things have always been this way. We've always had these troubles. It's always been bad in a sense. And, and yes, that's true. But I have to say to you, there, there, there's lots of pieces to the puzzle that just begins to say to us that maybe things are different. Maybe things, not today, not because of what we're facing right now, but maybe, maybe things have been ramping up for a little while. Just 1948, Israel becoming a nation. That was a game changer. That was an absolute key piece to the puzzle of Jesus returning. Think about the 20th century, the 1900s. Some have said that more people died in war in the 1900s than all other centuries combined. We don't know that for sure, but the, but, but the estimates by some who look at that have said, as best we can tell, more people died during that century than in any other of the other centuries combined. In the 70s, in the 80s, we just began to see terrorism at maybe embassies, or we just began to see some of those things happening. I remember as a youth pastor in the late 90s, 
when the school shootings began. That was, that was kind of a, a different step, wasn't it? We, we kind of went to a different place as a nation in the 2000s. 9-11 was certainly an earth-shattering event in the life of not only our country, but even the world. I remember in 2005, there was something about, I wasn't looking for it, but there was something about, I noticed when we had Hurricane Katrina, there was something about that, that, that those of us even in this area, uh, we sent a group down because our area was really saying, wow, that was a dramatic event that we need to help. So even our whole country recognized this is a storm. Like even people that we talked to on the Gulf Coast, they would say this is a storm unlike any storm we've ever seen before. And as I mentioned just a moment ago, even Allstate, an independent, objective, uh, outside, a company uh, in this world has recognized just from the data that we have seen an increase in that kind of activity. And now, here we are. We sit in these days right now. The current situation that we see as a challenge. And the question is, are we going to see more of this in the years to come? Well, honestly, we don't know for sure, really. But as the end draws near, we do know that the Bible says there are going to be more of these types of things increasing at some point. So does this become something that, that we just have to, to learn to adjust to every maybe five or ten years? Or are strange things like this going to begin happening maybe on a yearly basis? Even though I think most of us would say this one definitely seems to be different. There is some evidence that these types of things have been happening more and more frequently. In the last five to six years, there have been five global health emergencies. Ebola twice, the Zika virus, and now the coronavirus. Again, I'm not saying for sure. I'm not trying to be to scare us. I'm just trying to look at, I'm just trying to observe. I'm not saying this is the end. But as we see those kinds of things increase, we see them a lot more lately. And as we see those things increase and as they get more and more serious, we begin to ask ourselves those questions. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 24, down just a few verses from where we we're just reading in verse 32. He said, now learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So you too. When you see all these things, recognize that he is near right at the door. When you see a mama who's expecting a baby and she starts having contractions, guess what? We got a baby on the way. When you see, and I just actually even just noticed this weekend as I was walking outside, that I'm beginning to see some little, some little signs on the, on the bushes, on the trees, that, that, that spring is coming. When we see those buds start to form here soon, we know that spring is coming. In the same way, when you see these things increasing, we can know our Lord is coming soon. Amen? In other words, the Lord Jesus says to us, you don't have to be afraid, but you do need to be aware. In fact, if you're taking notes, write that statement down. I think it's so important for our lives. We do not have to be afraid, but we do need to be aware. And that leads us to our next thought in Matthew chapter 24. 
As we read those verses in verses 3 through 8, Jesus makes a couple of super important statements. In fact, I want to go back to verse 4, the end of that verse. He said, and I pointed it out earlier, but I want to read it again. See to it that no one misleads you. Jesus said, see to it, be careful, beware, that can be translated. Or we just said, don't be afraid, but be aware. Be aware that no one misleads you. That no one deceives you. And actually, that's maybe a good translation is that no one leads you away into error. That no one leads you. Be careful. Be aware that no one leads you into wrong thinking about what's going on. And then in verse 6, there again it says, See that you are not frightened. For those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. Jesus says, See to it again. Take care Again, be aware. He says, don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Don't be alarmed. Don't be frightened. But be aware of what is going on. So as we think about what's happening in our world today, I want us to talk about this. Yes, the Bible tells us that God told us that these things would happen. But the reason God told us that these things would happen is because God wants us to be ready. Don't you hear that in Jesus' words? God wants us to be ready for these things that are happening in our world. He doesn't want us to be caught off guard. In fact, as you read the scriptures, you get that sense over and over again. God says to us, I want you to be ready. I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to feel alone. I don't want you to be wondering. And really, that's for any point in our lives. It's really for any point in history. But especially as we see the signs of the times. In fact, as we walk down through the rest of Matthew 24, look at verse 42. He says, Therefore be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. Then skip down to verse 44. For this reason, you must also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour. He said, Day, now an hour when you do not think He will. Who then is the faithful and sensible slave or servant, whom his master put in charge of his household to give them their food at the proper time. Blessed is that slave whom his, fa- whom his master finds so doing when he comes. And then skip on down to Matthew 25, verse 13. Jesus says, Be on the alert then, for you do not know the day nor the hour. Clearly, Jesus, he's telling the disciples, here's some things that are going to happen. And those things are going to get increased. They're going to happen more and more. And I want you not to be caught off guard. I want you not to be afraid. I want you to be ready. And so this begs the question, Jesus, how? How can we be ready? How can we be prepared for these things that are happening around us? I want you to write this down. I'm going to give you several things here. I believe the Lord brings out in this passage. First of all, He says, I want you to know... What I say will happen. Write that down. Know what God says will happen. We just said that God knows these things. We just said that God's told us these things. And so now the question is, do we know what God has told us? I remember I started reading the Bible when I was a little boy. And I remember as I continued to read the Bible, I remember when I was maybe 17 years old and And since that time, I remember reading verses out of Matthew chapter 24 and 25. I remember 
reading 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5. I remember reading 2 Thessalonians. I remember reading the book of Revelation. And I just remember having the sense, you know what, this is not super complicated. I mean, there are a lot of details and nobody really knows exactly how everything is going to unfold. But ultimately, this is not super complicated. God has given us instruction. God has given us the information about how the things are going to play out. The question is, have we read His Word? And do we know what He has told us to expect? If so, we're going to feel more ready. We're going to feel more prepared when things like this happen. We're not going to be as shaken. If someone were to say to us at work, or, or maybe, um, maybe we can't be at work, we can't be around others right now, but if someone just were to express to you what in the world is going on, we can know and say, well, the Lord said these things were going to happen. It's not really a surprise. God told us things were going to increase. Things were going to, in a sense, get worse as this earth is kind of wrapping up and coming to a close. And if we do know what he says, it'll help us with the second thing that we saw clearly in these verses. How do we get ready? He says, don't be fearful. Write that down. God does not want us to be afraid. It's natural for us, isn't it? In times like this to get nervous, at the least. And to be afraid or panicky or even despondent at the worst. But friends, when you know the one who is writing the story, and you know that this is part of the story, you can have much more peace. And remember what Jesus said, these are the signs of the end, but this is not the end. We still have some pieces to unfold, because we know because we've read the book, we've read His Word. We know about the rapture of the church. Hey, you could say, we gone. Amen? We're gone. We're out of here. God's going to take His people out of here before that. We know the Bible teaches seven years of tribulation. We know that an antichrist is going to raise up. And he's going to bring a false sense of world peace. He's going to bring some, some what seems to be resolution to the Middle East crisis between Israel and those who are against her. We know that at the midpoint of that seven years, three and a half years into it, he's going to turn on Israel. He's going to turn on that commitment. Then the great tribulation is going to break loose on the earth. And God's judgment is going to begin to fall on the earth. And Jesus is going to come back at the end of that to settle it all. No matter what happens, no matter how it happens, we know that the Lord is with us. So we don't have to be fearful. And a lot of that, the third way we can be prepared is to watch for His return. The phrase that we see emphasized throughout Scripture is the phrase, watch and pray. The Bible says, God says, go about your life, live your life, the life that I've given you, but as you're living your life, be looking for your Lord to return just any moment now. In fact, a great question to ask is, What if Jesus came back today? We should live every day in light of the reality that Jesus could come for me today. Maybe not. Maybe I'll die and I'll go be with Him. But I could be with the Lord today. Watch for that return. Live life. But watch for the return. And really, as I said, for believers, that's the rapture. He's going to take us out before all of these terrible things begin to, to get to the very worst. 
And if we are watching, the Bible tells us, the Bible calls us to be living for Him. The best way you can be prepared for all these things happening is to be living for the Lord. Over and over in God's Word, when we have passages like this that talk about the second coming, that talk about the end times, over and over again, those passages are followed with verses that are like, like the ones found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 11-14. through 14. It says, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Now, those last two verses are just saying, we know that this messed up world, God's going to do away with it. He's going to give us a new heavens and a new earth. But again, back to the application of verse 14. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless. You know that question that we mentioned just a moment ago? It's not a bad question, as I said, to ask every day. What if we lived every day in light of that question? What if my Lord Jesus came back today? Wouldn't that dramatically impact the way that we live our lives? I want to ask you to consider some questions about your life, about how you're living for the Lord. Is there something in your life right now that you would not want to talk to God about tonight? If Jesus came back today, if the rapture was today, if your last breath on this earth were today before He comes back, is there anything in your life? Don't times like this cause us, whether it's personal challenges or whether it's, boy, worldwide challenges or nationwide challenges, don't times like this cause us to just Have some perspective like we've never had before. I haven't been living for God. And I've been putting that off. And I need to do something about that. Is there some sin in your life that you've just been avoiding or ignoring? Maybe it's dabbling in pornography. Maybe it's lying to other people, being manipulative. Maybe it's having a foul mouth. Maybe it's talking about other people. Maybe it's a bad attitude. Maybe it's just some unresolved conflict with other, fe- with other people? Is there something that if that person left this earth today, that if you left this earth today, that if Jesus came back today, is there something like that that you know you need to deal with, with the Lord or with someone else? Are there some decisions that you know? God's been speaking to your heart. There's some decisions that I need to make. There's some choices for the Lord. God's speaking to me. Hey, maybe someone's watching this. Maybe you've never been to New Hope before, but you just happen to tune in, or maybe you're tuning in with family. Maybe God's speaking to your heart, or maybe you've been coming, and God's speaking to your heart. I need to know where I'm going one day. I need to know that my sins have been forgiven. I need to know that I'm a child of God. I remember years ago, God speaking to my heart about that, and I could not rest until that decision, because I, I knew I wasn't ready to stand before God. I was not ready, and so I gave my life to Jesus. Is it baptism? Maybe you've given your life to Christ. You know it. Maybe no one else knows it, or maybe a few people know it. But, but what are you ashamed of? What are you waiting for? God is saying, I, 
died on the cross for you, publicly humiliated, bled and died for you. I just want you to be willing to admit that I am your Savior through the picture of baptism. Is God using this to say to you, it's time. I've been waiting on something. I don't need to wait anymore. Maybe it's getting more involved in church. It is so easy, I know. It is so easy. Life gets in the way. So many things. Bills to pay and sports to take the kids to and work and it's exhausting and we're all so busy. But Maybe God is using this to say to you, you know what? It's never really going to change. This world is always going to be like that. When are you ever going to make that commitment to be involved in the work that I'm doing in this world? To continue growing and learning you know, I know sometimes it's so intimidating when you haven't studied the Bible to, to say, I don't even know where to start. Well, I know where to start. Start right now. Start today. There's no better day to start than today. And you'll be so glad next year that you started today. You'll be so glad in five years that you started today. Don't put that off. Is God calling you to do something? Is God calling you to step into some ministry? And you've been waiting till this happened, or you've been waiting till that fell into place. And yes, there's wisdom in thinking about timing, but maybe God's just saying to you through these experiences that we're going through as a nation and as a people, it's time. I don't need to put that off any longer. I know God's saying to me, I need to step into this call that God has for my life. So be ready by living for Him, but also. Be ready by finding and fulfilling your God-given purpose. Friends, listen, if you're around church for very often, if you're around a good church for very long, you're probably going to hear Christians quote Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. In that passage is a, a thought that many Christians say, this is what I want to hear from my Lord one day. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That is what we want to hear, isn't it? One day, amen, that God would say to me, Robbie, you did what I wanted you to do. And really, if we could boil it down, that's, that's what that means. God had a plan for your life. And once you gave your life to Him, you didn't do it perfectly for sure. But once you gave your life to Him, or maybe from this point forward, I sought to fulfill the purpose that God had for my life. I didn't always know it perfectly. I didn't always do it perfectly. But, 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 but really, it was the intention of my heart from this point forward. Or maybe you've already made that decision. You've gotten off track from that. But I want to fulfill the purpose that God... I'm here for a reason. What is that reason? Friend, if there's a drum roll that's beginning that Jesus is... That His return is going to be soon. Honestly, are you looking for God's purpose at least? And if you know what it is, are you fulfilling God's purpose... For your life. Maybe you've had the best of intentions, but you just haven't gotten around to it. But isn't now a really good time to take that step? To stop living for what you want, to stop living for what you think, because those things are going to pass away. The world and all its desires, the Bible says, is passing away. But but God and his word and his work, it will live on forever. Don't you want to invest in eternal things? Maybe God's using this to prepare you for the rest of your life. And then finally, I believe the Bible teaches us how can we be prepared when Jesus comes back? Write this down. By serving others 
in a broken and hurting world. Again, there's a lot that the Bible teaches that God wants for our lives. But one way that you could sort of summarize, what, what is it that God wants for us? You could say He wants us to give our lives in sacrificial service to Him and to one another. In fact, the Bible seems to indicate that is where real life is found. When we learn to serve the Lord and to serve Him in the lives of other people. And boy, what a great opportunity this is going to be in these days in which we're living right now. And we believe over the next week or so that as more people begin to express that they actually have had this uh, disease or this virus and it just begins to show more and they're in a little bit more vulnerable position or can't get out or can't get medicine or can't go get food. We don't know, but it looks like maybe over the next few weeks some of those opportunities are going to increase. We're going to have great opportunities to minister to other people wisely, safely, but to minister in the days ahead. So those are some of the primary ways that the Lord says we can be ready for His return. But there's one last thing. In fact, one most important thing I want to share with you next. Yes, there's a plan and purpose that God has for you. He wants you to fulfill. Yes, that is heavily involved with serving sacrificially in the lives of others. But there is one main service. There is one main purpose that God has given to every single one of us. Write this down. God calls us to share the good news. We're trying, to add, we're trying to answer the question, what is happening? We said, you know what? God told us these things would happen. God wants us to be ready as these things are happening. But God calls us to share His good news. I don't know about you, but I like to keep things simple. And God has given us a lot of instruction, but at the end of the day, He's made it pretty simple for us. If you think about it, really what God says to us, I want you, first of all, to give your life to me. Secondly, I want you to stay close to me and continue growing in me and fulfilling the purpose that I have for your life. But thirdly, I want you to share this good message that you found. Salvation, forgiveness, eternal life. I want you to share this with other people. And we find a great example of that emphasis, especially in light of the end times in Acts chapter 1, verses 6-8. through 8. It says, so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, listen, it is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father is fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Let me just kind of summarize what's happening here. Jesus has wrapped up His work, His earthly ministry on this earth. He he died on the cross. He rose victorious from the dead. He spent about 40 days with His disciples. Now He's ascending back to the Father. He's he's about to send His Spirit to work in us as His followers. And before He does, His disciples ask again, Lord, how's this all going to work out? And even though He does give to them and to us, A good amount of details about that in his word. Ultimately, listen, he says to them, don't get too focused on the details. I want you to be ready. And I've given you enough information to be ready and to stay ready for my return. But don't put your focus on those details. 
Here's what I want you to focus on. I've made it possible for people to leave this mess and to go to heaven forever and ever. And I want everybody to hear that. You're going to do a lot of things. You're going to work in some different places. You're going to live in some different places. You're going to know a lot of different people. But I want all my children to spread the good news. I want you to start right here where you live. And then I want you to spread out into the surrounding regions. And then I want you to take this message to the whole world. I hope it's becoming more clear to you now than it's ever been before. That just like a top, when you start a top and it's spinning, and it's spinning and it's spinning, but you know that eventually that top, it's going to begin to topple and it's going to begin to fall over and stop. We know that this world is spinning. But as we see these things happen, it's toppling. It's not going to keep going. It's not going to make it forever and when it stops every human being is going to spend forever somewhere so God has left us here to share the good news with them the things that we've been experiencing over the last week or two the things that we're maybe going to experience over the next little while we don't know for sure or again we're not scared but we are aware we're trying to pay attention but whatever is happening over these last few weeks and in the months to come. Those things should cause us to think to ourselves, yes, we got to take care of our families. Yes, we, we need to make sure we're healthy and all those different smart choices. But somewhere in that, we should be thinking, if this is the end, if this were the end, if this was the last day of my life, does blank, fill in the blank, whoever that is, your family member, your friend, your neighbor, does that person know the Lord? Is that person ready? I don't know everything that's happening, but I can see the signs of the times. I can see there seems to be a drum roll. This mama seems to be about to have her baby. We know that he is right at the door. I want to know, does my friend, does my loved one, do they know the Lord? Are they going to heaven? Friend, if you are a believer, that's what's happening. That's what's happening, right? What is happening? That's what's happening. God is saying to his children, you need to become laser-focused. This is what I've left you for. And I don't mean to quote a soap opera, but like sands through the hourglass, these are the days of our lives, and those days are going to run out. And you ought to see that sand slipping away, saying, my opportunities, these intense moments that we might be facing should be saying to us, one day it is all going to wrap up. This world is going to, like that top, topple over. And I want to, yes, I want to serve my neighbors. I want to help other people. And the Bible calls us to do that. The Bible calls us to, before we, before we try to say spiritual words to someone, we should take care of them physically. Yes, absolutely, we should do those practical things. But listen, the best way, ultimately, that we can serve this world around us is not try to alleviate only the hurts and the pains of this world, but to help them to find a relationship with God. That's what's happening That's what God is saying to us as believers. I wonder how the Lord might be speaking to you specifically through His Word today. Is He trying to encourage you? Is He trying to say to you, listen, I know your world may seem like it's falling apart or you're just wondering, you're not sure, but I am not shaken. I knew these things were going to happen. In fact, I told you Already that these things were going to happen. I I hope, I pray that that brings great encouragement to your heart. I serve a God who knows. 
I serve a God who is in control. I hope it's comforting, but I hope it's also challenging. Maybe you say, wow, Pastor Robbie, I've never heard these things. I've never learned these things before. Okay, don't feel bad about that. Just say, well, now you have. Now you've learned some things. You've got enough to go on. Continue. Lord, I want to know. I want to understand. What is it that you say in your word? Not to get focused on those details like he told the disciples in Acts 1, but I just want to be educated, understanding what are some of these things we need to look for. And then really, if we are truly learning God's word in God's way, in God's heart, from God's heart, we're going to start getting ready, whatever that means. That may mean getting serious about our relationship with God. We've been playing games, we've been playing around, and so it's time, it's time. It's okay. Ask the Lord to forgive you for those past mistakes, but now's the time, the Bible says. Now's the time. God's speaking to you now, now's the time to start watching. I haven't been thinking about His return. I've just been keeping my feet and my eyes on the ground right straight in front of me. Now's the time to start serving, to start helping others and doing it in Jesus' name so that you could have an opportunity when people say, why? Why are you so nice? Why are you so helpful? Why are you doing this? Because God has been so good to me and He loves you and He wants you to know that. Would you, would you allow me to introduce you to the greatest one that I've ever known? Friend, are you sharing that good news? One day it'll be too late. If there's one thing we can't do in heaven, it's lead people to Christ. It'll be too late. And we can love one another. We can serve one another. We can worship. We can study God's Word. We can do all these wonderful things that God created us to do that we experience and more. But we can never share Christ with someone who doesn't know Him once we get to heaven. Is God speaking to you about that? It's time for me as a Christian, to get serious. And not only to be ready myself, but as we see so often throughout our country, people not just thinking about themselves, but thinking about others. Boy, we'd really want to help them get ready for eternity. Amen? I want to ask you to bow with me in prayer for just a moment. Would you just, right there in your living room, in your kitchen, at your dining room table, would you just bow with me for just a moment? Maybe God's speaking to your heart. Maybe God's giving you some perspective that you haven't had for a while. Friend, would you not let this moment be wasted? You know how we are, don't you? Maybe, maybe things will play out over the next few weeks and maybe the virus won't be as serious as they'd originally predicted. And maybe we'll just say, oh, good, we thought that was a big deal, but we're over it. And that's what happens, isn't it? God answers our prayers. He's good to us. And then we just sort of talk ourselves out of whatever He was speaking to us about. Maybe God's healed you of some sickness. Maybe God gave you a second chance. Friend, let's don't take that for granted. Would you take this opportunity right now to say, Dear Lord, I hear you speaking to me. And Lord, I know you're wanting me to lay down that sin. I know you're wanting me to answer this call. Lord, I know you're calling me to to look for your return and to live in light of your return. Maybe you would just say, Lord, I ask, I don't know how, but I ask that you would help me to be your servant in the lives of others to share the good news. Maybe you need to grow in that. Maybe this year, maybe over the next few months, you need to learn how to share your faith. And you need to begin practicing that. Maybe be accountable to someone else about that. 
And as many of us are praying right now, I pray that there's someone watching right now, this morning, that God is speaking to your heart. And He has made it more real to you than it's ever been in your life. You knew there was a God. You knew that He must care. But no one's ever told you that. Maybe, maybe you've been to church, but He came across as a harsh God because maybe He was misrepresented. But friend, today, the Bible says God loves you. And God wants you to have a relationship with Him. And right now, your eternity can change if you will say yes to Him. If you will say, Dear Lord Jesus, just, just say these words if you mean them. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins and to be my Savior. Help me to live for you. And thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you today for we trust many who've made that decision. Lord, help us to understand what is happening and to live in the light of your truth and your love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, church family. If you've made a decision today and you want to share that with someone, we, we can't physically gather right now. We hope that that's going to be soon. But if you want to share that with someone, you can send an email to decision at sharingnewhope.org. Decision at sharingnewhope.org. And we would love to follow up with you about that by email or phone call or whatever might be best. Whatever it is, we're a church family. We want to continue ministering even though we have some limitations. Speaking of that, we are going to just say continue to press pause on all of our ministries for now. It just seems like as things are kind of increasing, that seems to be the best uh, thing that our country is asking us to do. We will have our virtual growth group on Wednesday night at 6.30, so join us for that. We're going to, again, sort of flip things around, and Pastor Jeff's going to be interviewing me about the message, and we'll be discussing that together. So please be sure to uh, join us for that. We will have online worship again next Sunday morning at 10 a.m., so you be sure to um, follow us on Facebook, to subscribe to our YouTube channel, and then you'll just seamlessly be able to go to those pages and be able to find the feed Uh, as we worship together at 10 a.m. on Sundays for this time being. Well, church family, I have one other thing I'd like to share with you, but uh, we're going to wrap up right now. Uh, Parents, if you would, maybe let the kiddos sort of scatter, get something to eat, freshen up your cup of coffee. We're going to come back in about two, three, four minutes. And uh, so if you can just kind of look to your feet, we're going to have something else we'd like to share with you. I would like to personally share with you that's important for our church family. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you soon.